welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Alrighty, we have Big T or T with us on the episode tonight. So you guys may know him as the biggest tiger or T or Big T as he's Referred to himself. We don't even know his real name. Wink, wink. We actually do, but we're not telling you what it is. Um, welcome in, Big T. Thanks, mate. You, I have sent assassins over to kill you both, though. So is, this will be a great final episode for you guys now that you know my real name. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. Look, if and, it's the biggest T, it must be Stefano or Tukumano. <laughs> oh, it must be. That's brilliant. Yeah. So as the name suggests, um, T is a Tigers fan, um, supporter, uh, what's the other word I was looking for? Tragic, Tra- desperate, maybe? tragic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, tragic, there we go. And Betty Elias lover. Ooh, <laughs> that could be pushing it, who knows. Um, and we will let you know, all we see is literally the words on Zoom, Big T talking because there's no camera either. Very mysterious. But we've got Big T on because he's um, a very busy uh, social media rugby league fan uh, through Twitter. <laughs> And um, busy is part of a polite. couple of projects. Sorry, busy is a very polite way of saying that. That's very nice of you. Very well, busy. when I go yeah. on there once a day, if people have posted stuff, I'm like, wow, they're on again. To me, that's busy. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and Jared's like, I go on once a month, so you're all busy. Is um, that so? Big T is actually co-host of a podcast called Chasing Roos, and. Uh, there's also a link to the website. And we'll put all these links in the show's bio. And he's also a co-founder of Footy Smiles. So we're going to spend time on both of those, um, get T to talk about what they are and the interest behind them. But before that, how about, how did you get into rugby league, T, and, and why the Tigers? Uh, born and and bred in Balmain. Um, and so Easy walking course. to my... Yeah, walking to my primary school or and high school, which I went to both in, in the suburb. On the streets there, we have tiger prints still painted from the 88 and 89 grand final when Dawn Fraser was walking around painting uh, paw prints on the floor. And so when you see That's things like that in the lawn, yeah, and we have uh, laundromats that are obviously called Tiger Laundry and, and every other pub's got a deal when the Tigers are playing and things like that. It's It was just normal for everyone in my life to be supporting the Tigers or loving a Tiger or... You know, my school uniforms are in that colour and things like that. So it was just a normal thing that uh, everyone kind of did. I went to Leichhardt all the time, sitting on the hill, walked home. Uh, so it was kind of that. But football became more and more important when, um, I guess, when I became a teenager and and you're trying to, you're just spending more and more time with friends. It's the best way to, to use energy and talk about something with people. And I mean, sports like that. All, all sports like that. It's a fantastic way to communicate with people and constantly have a common interest. So football helped with that. But I think specifically coming from this from this suburb, my, my dad obviously being connected. My grandparents are from Newcastle. So every time I would meet up with them, what we would talk about is football. And my other grandparents were in Cogran. So often what they would talk about is football. And so it just felt like a normal thing. Everyone in my life was a football fan. So it just felt like that's what life was. So that just sounds like living the dream to me, like as a, as a Seagulls <laughs> fan who left there when he was three and has been a Brookvale yeah, once. Yeah, right. And I'm now I'm 33. It's um, having the Seagulls up here for the last 
well, this season. We talked about last week. I've seen him three times in five weeks. I'm like, it's the closest we're ever going to get. Um, <laughs> but you just you, what you were just describing then, I'm just going, oh, man, that's what it'd feel like. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And the, and the other interesting thing about Manly is they have a very similar culture in that a lot of their primary schools and, and whatnot have the same colours and they the school mascots are often a seagull or some type of bird from that thing because they're super into it as well, which I love. I love that about that community. Love that. And all right, so obviously born and bred rugby league, how did that basically transform into the foundation, or not the foundation, sorry, the the accounts and the podcasts and the um, unique ideas um, that you're now part of? (laughs) Um, Well... I, I found the older I got, the um, less people around me wanted to talk about rugby league as much as I did. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's social media was a great outlet for that. And so I decided um, to give that a go and, and, and asked at the time I'd only been on, I got on, I think in 2014 and asked at the time uh, after, after maybe six or so months, if anyone before a new, next season started in 2015, if anyone had any podcasts they wanted to suggest and, and I got some and, loved that even more listening to rugby league podcasts and um, hearing an even bigger community and then getting to become parts of those communities was fantastic. Um, just like great podcasts like this, where it's just a community of people who just really like it. It's obviously just fans. There's no agendas or anything like that. It's just you giving your opinion and, and enjoying watching football. And so I started to get oh, no, the, that. The agenda on this is we hate para. <laughs> well, That's a- I'm more meant that there are no clickbait ones, or you're not, you know, you're not <laughs> oh, specifically yeah, yeah. being told by uh, by Rupert Murdoch to get rid of a team or whatever. Exactly. Uh, 100%. Um, and so I can imagine a an, a manly Newcastle one. Yeah, it's not going to like Parramatta. The um, <laughs> so from there, I was encouraged because I would often talk to my friends that didn't like rugby league about football, and I often would would regale them with stories. A couple of them talked me into getting to, to creating a podcast. Um, which which was a small little podcast I could called Sports Best Friends, which is still ticking along today. In fact, we're almost up to our two hundredth episode in about a week or so. Um, Very well. from Congratulations! That, I missed that one. But jeez, oh, that's there's a thousand. Man. Oh, I'm busy. sorry. You no. said busy, but you've got no idea what I've how busy Sport I am. BS. Yeah, Sports BFS. That's right. Um, and so so from that, I then met Michael Carboni, who's the um, who's a fantastic bloke doing so much for, for rugby league around the world. And he has a podcast called Chasing Kangaroos. In fact, it's now called Chasing Kangaroos Media because he, he's got websites going, he's got clothes mm. going, he's got everything. And, and of course, none of that is to, to try and make him rich. All of that goes back into um, different parts of the world. We, we sponsor referees in the Netherlands. There's a, a small women's team, I think, in Wales. There's um, the, a Brazilian team. Uh, the men's Brazilian team, lots of, lots of different things. And it constantly grows and grows, um, re- reinvesting back into the sport. Um, and so that's that's been fantastic to be a part of and to, to constantly see rugby league growing again and again in different corners of the world that it isn't already. And then through that podcast, also having the opportunity to talk to um, Petro Sivanasiva as he tried to start that Fijian team or the guy who's in India trying to get rugby league started in India, the... Um, just the most random, amazing people that are just working so hard. There's so many people in North America working so hard to try and make stuff happen there. Um, the, the president of Russian Rugby League working so hard up there. You know, it's just bizarre. And all of them have very similar issues and all of them have incredibly different issues. And 
um, you know, it's just great to listen to. While I sit here in a suburb that's obsessed with rugby league, so, you know, it's a very different world um, and one that I'm, you know, I'm constantly trying to encourage people to to be a part of and to support as best we can. Um, and that's so there's the, that's chasing fun. kangaroos. Yeah, and also women's game and the wheelchair game. I know the, the World Cup was really doing an excellent job of highlighting those two and making them feel valued and um, supported across the world. And so due to that, there's been a huge growth in, in the women's game and the wheelchair game. And um, the other thing about the wheelchair game I didn't realise until I spoke to the national coach of the Welsh team was that it's um, a game that everyone can play. So a lot of the people who, are, who live with a disability can't obviously play able-bodied sports, but people who are able to play able-bodied sports are also able to play wheelchair football. And so it means that you and your mates, everyone can then play on that same team rather than having to worry about injuries or, or no whatever way. they're suffering. Yeah, and so I'd never thought about that until he brought it up. And then that's one of the reasons he suggested it's so popular. So um, that's a fantastic thing to be a part of. And I encourage anyone to, to follow them on Insta or Twitter just so you can see what's happening and, and if there's ever a time that you want to try and do something to support it or even watch, you know, Uruguay and Japan are trying to play each other soon, I think in November, um, somewhere in Sydney. And so even if you just watch that on YouTube or share it on Facebook, you know, small things like that mean a, a lot to those 26 guys who are working really hard to not just make rugby league happen, but also represent the country earnestly and, and you know, do a great job while trying to do it. Um, so that's Chasing Kangaroos. And then Footy Smiles, I mean, we said before about agendas. Can we just, before we jump to Footy Smiles, um, I'm just being like taking down notes as we go because I want to make sure we get as much of this in the bio as possible. Um, for those listening to this one, I'm going to put the Chasing Roos website in the uh, episode blog. And I'm just on this page right now looking through the shop. And if you're a rugby league fan and also a Jersey <laughs> fan, as you definitely know I am, there is some freaking awesome stuff on here. I'm just having a look through the jerseys on here. The Belgium jersey is absolute yeah. fire. Like, yeah. what's, what's your favourite jersey on this website? Like, the whole US, like the US, uh, what are they, the Tomahawks, aren't they? Um, I think they were. I think it got changed too. Oh, got cha- oh because, yeah, okay. Oh, maybe it is now the time. Uh, I, well, there was one and then I got moved. I try not to. There's politics in there that I try. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the Cameroon the jersey fight. with a huge lion on the front. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. The uh, I know the the Filipino one has that sick Ryan, uh, the bull, and it has a great training shirt as well. Uh, and Ray, the guy who was the president of it for a while, I don't know if he is anymore, Um he loved them and, and we'd talk about it all the time. We'd just wear them everywhere he was, even in like business meetings and stuff. We'd wear that stuff. Um, no, there's one that <laughs> we now don't have. Yeah, yeah like just polos of, of random stuff. There's one that we used to have on there. I think it's sold out. Um, it's not this Jamaican one. Oh, sorry. I think it's a Jamaican one. We've only got the Brazilian stuff there at the moment. But there was a Jamaican one I think that was incredible. Um I think we sold out of, and that was my favourite one. It had, it was just, it also I think just reminded me of that incredible run that they went to to make the World Cup, so to qualify the world for the World yeah. Cup. So, um, yeah, there's some great stuff on there, and again, the, most of that goes back to I think because it's also a growing team. So um, Phil, who does a lot of the work on that website, anytime that they get a certain amount of subscribers on YouTube, that we end up sending footballs to other oh, nice. developing nations as well. And yeah, it's just, it's just because it really isn't about money. It's about encouraging no. that sport. So it's, the uh, yeah, it's, great. it's a great website. I just found it. It's actually there a really sick jersey as well. The, um, 
And just to let you guys know, these are really reasonable prices. Everything's around the $60 to $65 mark. Like, so if you're overpaying and- $130, dollars 50 $60 for a jersey, <laughs> um, there's some there's Australian jerseys on here as well. It's not all international. I love that Belgium one. That is nuts. This if is you because so uh, we're in lockdown as well, I think there's a discount at the moment. It might be ten or twenty percent as well. Yeah, I can't remember that off my head. Code. Yeah, I saw that just there. So, this is, yeah. um, obviously you have a lot fantastic. to do with the international game and you know all that. Where's the most untapped talent that people should be looking for in your in your mind that you're looking into oh. to find players for like you know. Lately, it's been the well, last couple of years been the Fijians. It actually became English about five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. when the um, Canberra brought them. What's the where, where's the most untapped talent? You reckon? Well, I, um, I also am very conscious. Of, um, short answer: Brazil. Long answer is I want to make extremely uh, clear that I am just a subsidiary of the Chasing Kangaroos media as mm. well. Like the Michael Carboni is the the big boss and and he does a huge amount of work. And and so, yeah, I I definitely want to make that clear. He'd be lovely and humble and sitting there going, not caring, but I personally know how much work he does and how much work I don't do compared to him. And so I want to make sure that that's clear. um, (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. um, And so, uh, and and that's a reoccurring theme actually when we get to footy smiles, but um, Brazil. So Brazil is incredible. They, they have a, um, they have a national team out here at the moment and most of them aren't, uh, expats like uh, Australians whose who um, parents are uh, Brazilian. Yeah. Most of them have, have travelled here. Are Brazilian, grew up in Brazil, and, and lived here. And, and they came out most of them before the lockdown because they were they had a lot of support out here that they wanted to develop their game. And they have um, they have a huge amount of size and a huge amount of speed. They 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 have a real um, yeah affinity for the game. And, and anytime you go and see them, they destroy people. Uh, hu- yeah, great okay. fitness, great coaching. Um, great uniform. Um, uh, yeah, I love Brazil. And and so um, uh, Carboni and I have also talked about trying to do some kind of like uh, manager thing, like scouting and, and becoming player agents because no one looks at places like Brazil or Jamaica or places like that. Oh uh, maybe God, England a looks job. a bit at Jamaica, but I know, yeah. but wouldn't that be cool? And so when we watched Brazil play Uruguay between the two lockdowns um, and... <laughs> In, in Liverpool, um, in Sydney, and they um, the game was fantastic. The Uruguayans eventually got gassed in the second half and got smashed. But there were a couple of Brazilians that you could tell, even though the quality was dropping, their lock, I can't remember his name, and their halfback were, were like definitely reserve grade quality with no coaching yet. And so with an environment and with coaching, they were going to be, you know, they were going to be for real. So um, Are you sending much, a message to Luke talent. Brooks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> He would be an excellent addition to the Brazilian team if we can make it. Uh, I don't know about his. I don't know about his patronage. Um, yeah, so I would say Brazil, all, all of South America. I know Brazil's quite keen. Uh, I know. I know uh, the guy who's. I'm. I'm so bad with names as well, which anyone who knows me would already know. I think it's Ricky Wilby, but I could easily be making that name up. Um, no, it's Rob Bergen. Oh, nailed it. He You're is close. the guy running. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't even close to the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Wilby is probably a picture from the 1998 yes. squad. Anyway, just some random name of the book. Sounds like a right. NASCAR the, driver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Rob Bergen, he uh, he's running what's happening there in Brazil. And he's really, really passionate and, and great at it, that kind of stuff. So the great thing that happens in places like South America is they don't just work on Brazil and hope Brazil works. They know that. Um, football can't get better in Brazil unless Uruguay 
Argentina, Peru are all playing it well. So they have, they, they develop a system and work it and, and then they send it to any other place that wants it and uses it as well. And then they play each other and they, you know, they, they swap coaching ideas and things like that or resources, um, whether it be physical or, or IP. So it's a great part of the world that's slowly um, growing, particularly in women's. Brazil's got an incredible women's team as well. So with less, with less COVID and more, um, and more open borders, they're going to get better and better and better over the next 10 years. I think, yeah, awesome. I think this has so many layers to it that we're going to have to do a full podcast just on um, <laughs> Brazil, the, the far-reaching <laughs> corners of the globe and, and rugby leagues, bit like the uh, routes that they're laying down pretty much everywhere. We're not going to have time yeah. for it tonight. We're going to have a quick break and we're going to come back with um, Big T talking about footy smiles. All right, we're back for that quick break and we are going to be chatting... Footy Smiles. So we're here with Big T at The Biggest Tiger on Twitter. And Footy Smiles, the bio says, a spotlight on the positive stories and role models in rugby league. However, the um, the website I went to on it, or the, where is it? I'll let you jump in while I look for this. It looks like it's a bit more than just that because um, I think just like the... Chasing Ruse, there's layers and layers to this as well. So, um, <clears throat> Footy Smiles is on Twitter and Insta and Facey. And it, um, it was just Jamie B, who, who's, on, um, who's on Twitter as well. He's a great bloke. He's a Canberra fan. Yes. Um, great, great dad. Um, excellent bloke. A guy who I nominated for Australian of the Year as well two years ago. Unfortunately, he didn't get the gong. But he, um, he came to me in the DMs and just said, I'm really tired of, of how terrible the Australian uh, rugby league media is. Oh, um, that makes and, my day. Yeah, and, and not just the quality. And uh, to be fair to all of them, I'm, I'm sure university degrees and money and all that kind of stuff has, has diminished the quality, but not only the quality, but also the, um, the angles and the constant repetitiveness and, the, and the trying to upset people and things like that. And so he, he was tired of that and he was also tired of bringing that up and people saying, yeah, but that's what sells and that's what people care about. And he said, T, I reckon if we do an account and we do it right and all we ever talk about is that, it'll it'll get a, people will respond and people, it'll finally show people that you can do good stories. And so, you know, just like you blokes, so I was like, Jamie, I'm so glad you're doing this. Of course, I'd love to be a part of it. It's going to be great. Um, and so slowly we were we were constantly trailing, looking for it, trying to do the best we could to, to find them and then put a spotlight on them and... Um, and it was challenging, to be honest. So the first year, it was a real, uh, it was a real slog, and we had to, most of it came through an account called the NRL Community. Sorry, gentlemen, uh, NRL Community, and, and we were they would it was an NRL Blue Tick account. It was their official thing, and again, no one cared that those players are doing stuff. Um, and we slowly uh, did more and more of it, and it got it got more and more traction, and and other Blue Tick accounts like um, legends like Yvonne Sampson and people like that saw it uh, and by Buzz Rothfield and people like that um, saw it and, and were really encouraging about it. Um, Todd Greenberg was following and talking to us about things and yeah. giving a story. So it became easier and easier and easier. The bigger we got, the easier it became because people wanted to feed us and, and make it better. And then once that happened, fans, anytime something great happened to a fan, that the second thing they would do or, or a friend of theirs would go, hey, my auntie was just sitting in the stands and this player walked past and saw that she had a terrible seat and so upgraded her you know, and things like that. And so there are people then just telling us stories. We didn't have to go and find them anymore. They were coming oh, to us. Brilliant. 
Uh, yeah, it was great. And, and as I said, people like Yvonne Sampson also saw it as a great idea. And so for league life, for, for a part of their season, one of their seasons, they ended with a footy smile story each week that we would send them um, just so that they could also deliberately tell good stories, happy stories that they, um, that they could find. And, and also just try and make sure that people were also looking at accounts so that everyone else was getting good parts of their day. Everyone else was getting highlights of, of what was happening that was good in the community rather than Josh Dugan not wearing a mask or, you know, some other insignificant, annoying thing, you were hearing stuff really about Ronaldo Molotalo because for a while it was Jared Croker and what piece of clothing he could give to someone. Um, and, it, you know, he got it down to his shorts at one stage. He was giving up his shorts for walking up a tunnel to dying kids. But Ronaldo Molotalo, I don't know if you know much about him other than the fact that he plays for the Sharks and that he um, tried to play for Queensland and it didn't work. Yeah, but that man, about that. that man is Mother Teresa's like great, great grandson. He is insanely amazing. So altruistic. So he comes from a background where his mum, his dad, for whatever reason, is not there when he's young. He's got um, siblings and they're living, I think, out of a garage in a really dangerous part of Auckland and doing the best that they possibly can. And, and I'm so sorry, Ronaldo, if I'm, if I'm ruining this story. I'm sure you're a listener. Um, yeah, he definitely and, gets on this one. Yeah. And, um, well, that's how I found out about you guys was Ronaldo wouldn't stop talking about you. But he... <laughs> um, he he was playing football and it was going well. And, and his mum said, look, if you reckon this can work, um, we'll go all in. He said, okay, well, I'll do the best that I can. She sold everything they had. They moved to Australia and, and put everything on Ronaldo playing football and not in a horrible way, but in a Ronaldo was just like, I'll take this on because this is the best way that I can get my family out of this situation. And then did, and he's not a natural talent. He's got a lot of natural talents, but he's not, he wasn't Andrew Johns um, uh, or one of the Stewart brothers. So you know, he had to work really hard to make this work, and, and he has. And, 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 yeah, and so even small small little things, like he was working in a fish shop for a period of time, and he said, um, you know, if you guys ever need help, no matter how busy you get, you can always tell me. And they're like, okay, thanks, Ronaldo. And then not long ago, about a year ago, um, after COVID, I think, he went back there and said, how's everything going here? And they're like, oh, you know, it's been really hard. And he went, okay, well, I'll come and do some shifts. Now, he's doing that while he's a full-time contracted league player he just wants to go and help the communities in that's all he ever does just constantly helps people he's he's amazing and then that night where he i think they played us and and towed us and he got he he broke something i think it was something horrible broke his nose or anyway something bleeding his face looked terrible and he gave his boots to someone still didn't go off in an ambulance or, or put ice on whatever it was whatever horrible thing happened to him he still took the time out of his rehab and fixing his body to just try and find a fan in queensland to give his shoes to like He's just such a great bloke, and and I wouldn't know that and have so much love and respect for this random Sharks winner um, if it wasn't for this account. And I think a lot of that would be a repeatable story for lots of people that instead of just hating Cameron Smith because he's successful and you know he signed two contracts and a bunch of other reasons, you could hate him. And I'm not telling anyone not to hate Cameron Smith, but when you do hear about all the stuff that he also does, it makes you a little bit more. You know, it kind of humanizes him a lot more and it makes us feel less like that he's just the guy on the field who, who beats me and more like, geez, he's got a whole other 72, or sorry, he's got a whole other 20 hours that he's not on the football field and he actually uses those, a lot of those hours to do great things in the community. And so that's probably been the biggest thing that I've taken out of Footy Smiles. It's just it's humanized and made me love a lot of players and teams and, and um, parts of the community that I didn't, I, I wasn't loving before until I saw them do that. Does it kind of frustrate you seeing the, oh, I don't know if the words frustrate, but when players are getting interviewed, it's it's almost robotic these days with the, yeah. they, they, it's not even have to give, they, they kind of just are made to give just because of the headlines it create if they take one step out of line. 
Um, does it, and then you've created this and you know what they're really like as people. Do you think it would, does it frustrate you or do you think it'd frustrate them like Renato Mulatalo um, being such a good bloke and then what happened with the whole Queensland thing? Um, yeah. How, 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 how does that sit with you and the, how the media handles that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's or the it's mainstream hard. media. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess everyone's just reacting, re- reacting, right? And so the mainstream media is just reacting to what people on social media will end up saying. And a lot of people were, you know, bad-mouthing Ronaldo or calling him stupid or how did you get in this situation? You're an idiot with that um, Queensland thing. And <clears throat> his manager ticked it. Yeah. He, he, I think his manager ticked it no on the first contract and then ticked it yes on the second contract. And I'm not sure Ronaldo had anything to do with it. And surely Queensland Rugby League has a lot more due diligence than Ronaldo. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that yeah. particular thing, but but a lot of people made personal comments about him during that time. And of course, you'd, there's no point in, in trying to white knight people and run in and tell them, you know, but he works in a fish shop sometimes um, because, you know, he's a nice bloke. People don't care. People are upset and angry and they, and they want to make their point. And, and unfortunately, the Daily Telegraph or whichever newspaper it is, is, you know, going to use that or feed off that or encourage that or, create a story about someone's opinion about that. Because unfortunately also what happens is people like Paul Crawley will, will say, this is what I think happened and this is what I think should happen. And then um, another reporter the next day will then talk about that almost like it's fact. It just, you know, reported in the newspaper yesterday, this this thing, and, and then they just run off that. And that's probably more frustrating because eventually once we have that over two or three week cycle, everyone just assumes all of those were now facts and, and it's they're just taken as gospel. And, that's, that's a harder thing to swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a harder thing to swallow. Do, do you think the NRL is doing enough for players and the media person, oh, the people in the spotlight, you know, coaches and all that, their mental health for this? Because it's a it's a thing that wouldn't have happened, you know, in the 80s or 90s to a point like yeah. with the social media drive it is right now. And the fact that so many people have the balls to jump on media and say what they want to say and, you know, there's reports monthly about private messages, IMs about players copying it. Um, yeah. Do you think they're doing enough for the mental health of players or spotlight people in the spotlight? I wouldn't know what else they could do. I mean, yeah. outside of training and telling and te- and and litigating against people, I know the guys who who were saying that horrible stuff to Latrell in the DMs got charged um, for yeah, that. Good. And I just lo- I don't know if you saw him, but he was the absolute picture. Whatever you're imagining a troll would be like he was incredibly the exact picture and he was doing it from his parents' house and he was in his 30s. Like it couldn't have been any more stereotypical if he wanted to be. So that was rather enjoyable. But the, um, yeah, I just don't know what else you can do other than other than telling them all to get off social media, which is a terrible, that's not a plan. That's just, you know, hiding rather than fixing. So, yeah. I know it's, it's not an NRL problem. Under the NBA deals with it, um, you know, a lot of them have to cop a whole bunch of stuff because everyone feels like, well, oh, there's so much more, reachable or connectable now that and and which is an incredible thing it is amazing that i could you know write something right now to beyonce and her phone would go um Mm. whether or not she reads it you know i don't know but it's incredible that i would be able that i feel like i could talk to her and so you're gonna get jay-z after you in a second (laughs) (laughs) i'll talk to to you as well if you want yeah whatever even if you're shouting at me that'd be talking to my girl (laughs) yeah um and so, you know, I, I don't know. We can't have we can't have an incredible thing like Twitter and also not have an incredible thing like humans using it badly. So I don't know what else the NRL could do it's other than fans just being better humans. Yeah. I think that it's that's gonna bring um oh my god, I'm I'm 
So tired, so I'm sorry. Footy smiles to a head there. And like I said, there's layers and layers of that that we can get to. The other thing we wanted to chat with Big T about before we get to our finals previews is what it's like to be a Tiger supporter at the moment and <laughs> what your current view of the club is. And let's just say near future outlook so just to give you a little bit of background i tweeted out that we had big t coming on the show tonight and um, i believe his first reply was west tigers will not lose a finals game this year um spoiler yep. alert Facts. I was like, oh brilliant Facts. doing better than newcastle yeah you are <laughs> doing better than manly um, so I, I think i put back the gif of um from dodgeball it's a bold strategy cotton let's see if it pays off for him <laughs> So, it's one of the best gifts as well. It's one of the gifts. best. It's so good. So we were talking Tiger Town before we hit record tonight and probably lamenting the the depth of things like coaching, analytics, planning for matches, etc. And Jared and I have talked on here in the past about we don't believe Michael Maguire is the issue with the Tigers. We think he's a decent enough coach who has that blend of old school, new school. He's willing to try new things. From our point of view, it's a front office thing, especially with um, talent identification and the right players to bring to the club. And then also the correct board members to have taken this club forward. Is that something as a West Tigers fan you see as the, like from a similar point of view, or do you think there's other things going on that those who aren't West Tigers fans aren't really going to pick up on? I think it's, uh, I think, first of all, I think it's amazing that you guys are sensible enough after you both made the finals and both your teams lost. The first thing you guys did was went and found a West Tigers fan to come on and distract you both from that. So that was good. That's sensible. Um, West Tigers fans and Bulldogs fans make the rest of us feel so good. Well, at least Bulldogs fans won their last game of the season. Anyway, the um, oh yeah, that was, oh, that was yeah. Gig. So I'm glad you brought I'm glad you brought that up, Adam. I appreciate it. This is a great interview, and you guys yeah. have a great rest of your night. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, the um, the Tigers. I think I think the um, first of all, I don't know. Like I, I, I've followed football my entire life. I, you know, I've I'm a accredited coach. I'm a I'm a referee in the Balmain District. Um, I, I've you know, been part of it and played it and, and done lots of things. But I, I still have really no idea how you run a, a, a business, first of all, uh, or a, a, a rugby league team pretending to be a business, pretending to be entertainment. So how you would make any of that actually happen to it successfully, I've got no idea other than luck and time. So eventually, um, I think one of you said it before, that the laws of probability will force us into the finals. It has to. Even if we're playing badly, probability will make us be like there Newcastle eventually. Yeah, yeah. And my death will be after that. And, and that'll be a great time for me. Um, but to be actually able to fix it, I agree with, I don't think it's the coach. It, it may have been the coach, except for that we've we already tried to move that variable a bunch of times and, and the outcome remained the same. So to keep thinking that that's the variable we change and have more success, I think is, isn't right. I also agree with you that Michael Maguire, um, I also, would you believe, host another podcast currently because the guys on paternity leave called The Voluntary Tackle. And and they um, yes. were also talking about this. They said that they didn't, um, the guy in there was saying that he didn't rate manage. And I was suggesting to him, if you wrote down the qualities that you wanted in a coach, particularly a coach that you wanted to get you out of a pit and into the finals, mm. you wrote those qualities down and then you tried to write down all of the best things you can think about Michael Maguire, that list is going to be near identical. So I would be amazed if you could find a better coach than him at the moment on the market outside of, Craig Bellamy maybe 10 years ago um, or, or 
Wayne Bennett five years ago. I don't see anyone who's at, a, at an age that we could really fix this other than Michael Maguire. Um, and so in saying that, it must be something else because it can't be this bad for so long. Uh, a lot of people suggested it's Luke Brooks, and I'm happy to accept that. I'm on Luke Brooks Island, um, and so I'm happy to, and I'm happy on Luke Brooks Island, and we'll stay here until he leaves the island. Um, but I, I'm fully aware that that's not a sensible thing or, or something that I can easily defend. So I'm happy to just be on the island. So the last thing then would be the front office. I know the least about, out of all of the footballness about the West Tigers, I know the least about is, is the front office and what they do and how they do it. So how we would change it or if we would change it or which parts of it we would change, I've got no idea. But I guess I'm, I'm not going to tell you not to change it. <laughs> I just don't know. It's not a particularly pretty answer, but I just don't know what else. I, if you change a CEO, does that change the culture and the whole thing? Do, do they make so many decisions about what happens on the field that it makes it better? I, I, I definitely know that Melbourne's had very consistent leadership in the front office for a very long time, and that I'm sure has had positive impacts. And I know that Brisbane had that for a while and it left and then they've gone to shit. So I can definitely see times on which strong front of offices have meant strong performances, but... Um, I also can't remember a, joke, a, a quote that Jack Gibson had about the or winning, I think he said, starts on the front office. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it would need to be better up there. But who actually needs to change? Is it is it the chairman uh, that who, who's the Brighton's lawyer guy or is it Pascal who just has a terrible haircut? I'm worried that I'm, you know, making a lot of bad judgments about his performance just on his hair um, and his choices to continue wearing that hair. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, so, have either of you had, you had, you had the pen guy. Everyone yes. hated so pens for That's the example I was going to use. When you're talking about, we know little about the front office. I think that's one of the things with NRL, and we've talked about it with salary cap previously, how little transparency there is. And yeah. I, I watch a lot of American sports and it's, uh, and the roles over there are very defined. So they have a, a GM, we have CEO, but they're, the buck pretty much stops with them. And my ice hockey teams had a new GM come in and within two and a half years has undone probably 10 years worth of bad work from the previous oh. regime. Oh, oh, bad work. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that's, but he he's, was literally a club legend and set up another club as his first go. But I think in recent history in the NRL, the only clubs that you hear about the front offices are the clubs that are doing poorly or have had issues the pens at yeah. manly the front office at cronella the yeah. front office at tigers they've had a, a bunch of different ones poor white towards the end the only two clubs that you hear or canterbury canterbury when they canterbury. were this and they were getting ran in castle yeah that's, an that's it um tinkler at newcastle and the yeah. only two that where you hear stuff that are also doing well is because they've come out and spoken yeah. with nick politis and um uh donahue when he was at melbourne mm. and all the rest was it came out through the media that this is going on and it never led to anything good and mm -hmm. once manly stabilized the the board that got the cherry evans contract sorted after all that titan stuff signed the trebojevic's long term all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. but i i think it comes down to the lack of transparency. Like what are the roles of the front office at each club? That should be something I think fans and media should know. So if we're saying, all right, talent retention and identification is our club's issue. That's this person's portfolio. And yeah, yeah. I think it gets rid of a lot of that gray area. Where So when you've got a team like the Tigers that are just in this constant 
they seem to like in a constant turn cycle between ninth and 15th. And yeah. it's just been going on and on and on. Like, where's the common denominator in that mm. whole thing? And I, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I actually think. Um, I actually think what's happening on the field, obviously not results, but the juniors, like the young fellas, I wouldn't say juniors, that you got coming through. So Dane Laurie's a massive plus for you guys. I think that he can light up the NRL under a few years under his belt. Um, Adam Dewey, Jacob Liddell, Stefano Ultacomano, um, uh, Luke Garner, players like that. Yeah, I think on the field, you, you're heading in the right direction. I think you've got a hell of a lot of talent. And having someone like James Tamo come and lead them. Um, I just think that maybe, I, th- I think, it, take, if, if I'm wrong, tell me, but if you guys just focus on those young guys, would you prefer to cop a few losses that way than having a few other, let's say, sketchy, questionable signings come in and make silly errors or stuff like that? Um, or would you prefer to buy, like, really experienced talent, chunk up the salary cap, sometimes the young fellas don't get a, get a run? I just think that your young young guys you got in your squad are doing really well. Yeah, um, I think you got to focus on that for a few years before you start buying elite talent. What yeah, no, I would agree. It? I think everyone you named there was was exactly who I would put in the future. I don't know about Jake Little, um, because he's actually been with us for for a long time and had has yeah, been okay. injury prone, which wasn't his fault. But but this has been his first full year, and and he probably wasn't what everyone wanted him to be. But he's got someone behind him. Um, of hey, course, Simpkin. his name I can't remember. Simpkin. Yeah, Simkin. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who could who could hopefully be really good um but i agree the second rowers that, that are coming through safe and and gardner and and definitely adam Dway, definitely um laurie uh excellent oh, excellent people laurie. that we can use for, yeah. yeah and so i agree and i also think that the reason why we would have to focus on youth and and people like that is because at the moment we're not an we're not an attractive club for people to come to so we have to pay overs for even someone like james robert or joey like lua to come we need to pay overs or or um russell packer or ben madalena all these people who were who could have been good i understand why you roll the dice on them but when they're not it's a huge pay packet and and then a whole bunch of people like you said now don't get a pay packet and they go somewhere else so the 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 Campbelltown and Bowman districts joint junior districts produce, and so there's no issue with that. When we won in 05, Tim Sheen's identified people, a whole bunch of kids uh, in 2002, 2003 that he needed to make sure that we kept because uh, he saw that as the future, and and that's how all of those kids stayed, and all of those pe- people like Benji, Robbie, Dean Hallitow, all of those people um, stayed. He was also then lucky enough to have. Some old heads like Peyton or, or Hodges, who who we had at the time, but um, getting that mix is really hard when when the old people don't want to stay or old people at other clubs don't want to come. So, uh, and also David Nofaluma and Luke Brooks, who are now older people, have been around so much failure for so long. You, you'd, as a person in leadership, you'd be worried that they actually don't know how to create a winning culture. Um, not that they can't, but you might be considering that if you're the front office or the coaching staff about we need to keep some veterans, but uh, what type of veteran uh, might be the way of thinking yeah. about it. We're, I love David Nofaluma and Luke Brooks. I want that on record. I don't want to lose them. I just wanted to know that. For, yeah, so that's funny you mentioned that. So my theory in, on Luke Brooks is I think for him to thrive, he kind of has to go because yeah. what you just touched on was, you know, he's been around this team and 
he's a halfback. He's never made a final series. That's that's a big deal. Um, but he clearly has a talent there. Like he got Dalian in the halfback of the year last year. He's he's talented footballer. Do you think if he went to a club, I don't know, like Roosters or Melbourne or you know a team on the up where he's got a really solid game plan and thing he can follow, do you think that he would? just go be better in a different atmosphere? Yeah, I 100% think he would. And I'm really disappointed that Sam Walker went to the Roosters because I think Luke would have been a great uh, fit for that team. Um, I mean, we had a big four. They were great. And they were the people driving us to finals. And and like the Orlando yeah. Magic back in the mid-90s, they had a great oh, team yeah. and the front office couldn't keep them. So the because of that, it meant that Woods has made the finals um, with the Sharks. Tedesco's won two grand finals. Mitch Moses um, is doing a great job. He's played Origin and has made the finals with Parramatta. All of those people, even people like Josh Alloway, who, who weren't a big four, but who wanted some more love and affection, couldn't get it, went to Manly, played finals. Um, Matt Eisenhuth, who was a junior of ours and, and a, um, I think a nephew of, of Paul Gallen, playing great football for us. Again, didn't get the kind of love and affection that he needed, so... Uh, and sometimes you need to get rid of people like that when they want more time or they want more money and we can't afford it. I, I get that, but he's now gone to Penrith and is doing great things, wearing unusual shoulder pads at some games, but still playing <laughs> great football. Um, and so I can definitely then see anyone who's in our team who who then like who like Ryan Madison comes and goes, guys, I want more minutes and I want more money. And we, like any professional sports team, say that's you don't get to tell us. We'll tell you what's what's going to be best from our view. And he goes, okay, well I'll go and play for Parramatta then, and I'll you know potentially playing a grand final that's hard that's hard to to try and keep players one to come and then to stay so i'd uh i just like them i said i still celebrate woodsy's um i I love aaron woods he's a really great bloke he has a lot of time for people um and so i wish him all the success same with mitchell moses i know a lot of west tigers fans thought that he threw a bunch of games at the end um which from what i know about mitchell moses he is one of the most competitive guys you've seen since Mm. jordan so i can't imagine that that was true but that's that's a perception they had and so they were very angry with him whereas i've just him nothing but success and and obviously james tedesco i mean the guy has won me origin series and and almost Mm. you know has done so many incredible things even after leaving the tigers and during the tigers there's no way that could ever be upset with um teddy so uh, any of those players uh you know, deserve greatness, just like Luke would. If he ends up changing teams, I'm sure he'll play really, really well, and I'm sure he'll find success, and I'll be very happy for him. It was interesting, the point that you brought up there with your eyes and Madison dictating terms to the club, and I'm going to bring up that, that same CEO I was talking before, um, sorry, the GM that's talking before with the hockey. If you get the right person in with the, the aura, I guess, and the respect... I said he fixed up 10 years worth of bad decisions in two and a half years. There's 30 players on the hockey roster at the moment. The longest contract is up within three years. He hasn't, right. he hasn't signed. He's signed 15 players now, no one longer than three years. Wow. It's basically, in American sport, and like there's a salary cap in ice hockey like there is here. Can you imagine an NRL team with their 30-man roster and no one signed past... 2024 it's ludicrous it's basically saying i have an idea of where i want this club to go we're not going to win this year but you've got to earn a spot and that that was even the captain um he hasn't Mm, resigned mm. him and he's his runs out in two years like if you get the right person it's just in the strange sport now it's set up it's hard to think about i guess the the club as a model like that and like you said 
we're talking about um, the, again, sport fashion um, before the pod, how slow Australia is to capitalise on that sort of stuff and market that sort of stuff. I think the model of how some of our clubs run can also look at the same sort of stuff from overseas. I even feel bad for players who can't, in rugby league, you can't even sell yourself as your own personal brand. You know, the, the only there's ads that you see with like um, the cheese selling those undies or those uh, uh, mm. Addo Car and Munster doing those ads for tradies. That's only because those companies sponsor the Melbourne Storm and that's part of the Melbourne Storm's contractual agreement. It's not because those players individually get that money. So, yeah. um, you know, in America, they're, they're doing it a very different way. And some would say, you know, really great. And some would say not so great. But the, the other thing that they get to work on there is that they have a huge amount of talent. So you can mm. say as a general manager, there is a million kids that want to play yeah. um, ice hockey. And so if you can't do this over the next three years, I've got another kid coming through. It's harder for the West Tigers to say that, or in Australian sport to say that, because mm. there aren't, David Noffel and Will infuriate a lot of people with his defensive decisions, but there aren't a huge amount of wingers available to us that are going to do a better job than him. And so it's, much more good point, real good you know, point. It's, it's a harder thing to say also linking back to what we're saying about match it's very easy under salary cap issues to dump a coach and sign a new one yeah, because stuff. it's really hard for them to do that with those players though because i mean gus always talks about five years plans and, and he was made ridiculed for that but also he really what he was saying was every single club has a five-year at least a five-year plan sometimes seven-year plan about managing player roster because of the all of the finances that go into that and the different machinations it can have over time, that means some players are linked for that long. So it's really hard to just dump Luke Brooks because that will have an impact for the next three years rather than just dumping your coach who you can easily replace overnight. So there's that issue. Also, the stuff I should also add about Matt Ryan Madison is that, that was, I'm sure a lot of that was his manager telling him he, he deserves more and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting him once and he was an extremely pleasant guy. And so I, I got no idea if he was the actual driver of that bad meter, if it just happened to be the situation he was in and, you know, and his manager he doing he? He's huge. He's so <laughs> tall. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big bloke. I'm about, uh, not, I'm not just big in terms of fandom, I'm also big in terms of, um, humanness and so I'm about 184 185 which in old talks about 6162ish and he yeah. towered over me like he leaned over me but probably didn't even see me down there like he's an absolute giant and particularly in a rugby league field where most guys are tall like Tom Travoy which yeah. is also ludicrously tall um, and he looks tall out there and most football players are probably taller than we think um, but yeah he was he was because he's so huge he's so wide that it, I yeah. think he dispro- doesn't look tall because of the proportions, but when you're next to him, he's an absolute unit. Um, and the, the lovely way that I met him was I was at Robbie Farrer's 300th game at Leichhardt Oval, insanely drunk, found my way into the wrong part of the stadium and, and into his like uh, speeches that his brothers were giving and his family was there. And yeah. I was just quietly standing in the back going, holy, this is rad. I can't believe I'm here for this. But saw Roberto. He was he was just a bit in front of me and Roberto didn't have a drink or he just finished his drink. So I went over to the bar, which of course was an open bar, which I found when I got there, um, and grabbed a cider and a beer for me and went and gave it to him and said, there you go, Robbie. Tapped him, tapped him on the shoulder and said, you know, great game tonight. And just stood behind him just beaming. I couldn't believe where I was and I just gave Robbie Farrow a beer celebrating the game. And then Ryan Matheson, I ended up standing in front of Ryan Matheson, which I didn't recognised because I just thought it was a huge pole holding up the, the ceiling. And he leaned down and said, that was really nice of you, mate. Great job. And then gave me a pat on the back. I was like, where the fuck am I? What is happening? Yeah, <laughs> am I dreaming? How drunk am I? Am I spewing in a gutter and imagining this? Or... Anyway, so yeah, that's, nah. uh, he's huge. Yeah. He's huge. One of the stories, a tall bloke. Go, diverting a little bit. Do you know who's a lot bigger than you think are? 
Australian cricket bowlers. They are oh, massive. Really? Oh, they're, yeah, they're like solid. Yeah, yeah. Like I, Mitchell Stark. I got lost to the Gabba one time. He's got to the cricket every single year, and we the whole security ran past and they're blocking off a path. And I'm like, what's going on here? Peter Siddle, Ryan Harris walk past. And they're the small ones in this in the bowling. Mm. You go, you got yeah, Peter Johnson Siddle. Was, yeah, Peter Siddle. I was going to say it's got to be small. Yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm just on six foot. He is he towers above me. He's, wow. he's massive. Yeah, he's Peter Siddle. massive. Yeah, and he's wow. got a massive chest as well. Like he's he's they're built. And Ryan Harris, don't even yeah, he's huge. And the the one that Jared and I go down to the the women's cricket every year, pretty much with my brother. And the last time we were down there, because Mitch Stark um, was engaged or married to... Um, At least, uh, um, yeah, no. Um, oh, what's her name? Healy. Healy. Alyssa, Alyssa Healy. Healy. They're married. Yeah. And so the girls were playing, but Mitch Stark um, was coming back from an injury. So he was doing... He walked out and started doing just some um, net sessions bowling. So he went over and watched for a bit. He, not only is he tall, like he's got quads, he's got calves, and you don't see yeah, that in the right. whites. So like he's actually mm-hmm. pretty thick. And then yeah. Elise Perry came out because she was coming back from an injury as well. And that's when the massive crowd came over. <laughs> Mitchell, Mitchell Stark was just like the international Australian bowler. And we, there's like 10, 15 of us watching. Elise Perry comes yeah. out and there was a crowd of like 40, <laughs> 50 just come out. And he kind of like shuffled down a bit while, while she was doing some warm-ups. But yeah, they are. They're the Israel, yeah, Flowers, Israel Flowers is the one that surprised me when he was like still at Melbourne, I think. It was 19 in his first Origin Series. Now in Queen Street mm. Mall. His forearms and legs, and he was just, he was older, uh, I was older than him. And I'm just looking up at this kid going, holy shit, this guy is big. Yeah. Like he made, he, he almost made English look like a normal person. And I was <laughs> yeah, going, right. ah, this guy is big. He's the one that, yeah, most surprised. Well, we'll be back after this quick break, guys, and we'll be previewing uh, Manly and the Roosters first of the semifinals coming up this weekend. Okay, so the first of the two—they're called semifinals now, aren't they? Because they're next week. Yeah, you got elimination finals, semifinals, prelim finals, grand final. All right, we'll call them semifinals. All right, we've got the Seagulls versus the Roosters. So. Roosters sitting at $3.75 and mm. Manly at $1.28. And if you're looking just at last week's performances, um, you'd be saying decently juicy odds for the Roosters. They weren't outstanding against the Titans, but they definitely put in a better shift for the 80 minutes than the Seagulls did, albeit against much different quality opposition. It has to be said. Uh, this game is up at BB Print Stadium in Mackay. <laughs> What a name of a stadium. Um, I, bl- I believe <laughs> they won first... 300 smiles. True. Hey, we don't go there anymore. Um, what, 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 first what first your... game that's been in Mackay, I believe, and they're going to get no. a double, yeah, this season. Is it? I yeah, thought I they played so. more games in Mackay. Uh, well, this season, that's a, they get this one, and they've got the, the second final Saturday night as well. So before we get into recent form and everything, I'll just cover the changes. So for Manly, Lock and Croker back in after pulling out last week with back stiffness, which sees Carl Lawton shift to the bench. And for the Roosters, uh, Sam Verrills didn't get his charge down grade. So Ben Marshke is in at starting hooker and Nat Butcher is onto the bench to replace CSOFA, the CSOFA, 
CSL, yeah, yeah Takiaho, who is um, didn't get over an injury. So they're the changes. Um, does someone want to jump in, give give first impressions? What are you thinking yeah. of the team list to start with? They need to start Walker sooner rather than later. Um, he came on ice the game, but they can't have they can't have someone like Walker with his attacking flair sitting on the bench for what seventy three minutes like he was last week last year. Um, last, sorry, last week, and they're coming up against a, one of the more potent attacking teams in the competition over the last what three four months. So they need to go try oh, to try with this team. So I, I, I think they need to start Walker. Uh, in place of uh, Lamb or Hutchinson? I would put Lamb because he can cover more positions than Hutchinson. And he's got that really long kicking... Uh, Hutchinson's got a really long kicking game, which they can use. I, the entire time, thought you were talking about Dylan Walker. And I was like, oh, no. Dylan Walker did play well last week off the bench. Yeah, okay. But I was, yeah, anyway, but now I get it. And then when you said Hutchinson, I was like, oh, guys, you're on the wrong... Oh, no, wait, I'm on the wrong. Yeah, I... Um, for, and sorry, you, you, I was too confused. Did you say for Hutch or for Lamb? Lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because which is which is what they did in the last off. ten minutes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wonder why they are doing that. And Lamb can't because... kick field goals. <laughs> and no, but, um, and Walker's no, no, I've no idea. Walker's too. He, he's he's obviously identified as a frail defensive player. Plus, they reckon he, there's a rumor going around he's got a bung shoulder. Uh, which, you know, it, it was great last week coming on the field and icing that game. But against the bigger teams, it's just not going to work. That's my opinion anyway. He's the reason they made that line break down that left-hand side as well. He's the one, yeah. he's the tackle that's busted. So, I mean, he's also the guy yeah. who chases him down after 80 metres and, and tackles him again to, for yes. credit. But, I mean, if there's a problem shoulder, I guess that could be it. How are you going to deal, um, Adam, with Curtis with Curtis Sirenden being out? Because... He's played the entire season. Oh no! Wait, he's always out. Now this should yeah, be a always out. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do there. For someone who supports Tigers, you throw a lot of shade. <laughs> well, he is a tiger through and through. I can't yeah. wait to get Curtis Sirenin back in the twilight of his career. Um, <laughs> I would have loved us to have signed Bailey Sirenin in the off season, but he went to the Warriors. Um, yeah, he'll come back. Yeah, and Curtis is gone at the end of this season. He played quite well for us last year. I think he played 20 games, actually. Or 20 out of the he's 20 great. games last year. When he yeah. plays, he's great. I love him. He is. But, um, um, no, there, there's other lineup issues that regular listeners of the podcast will know, oh, um, of my opinion. So I'm not going over that again. Um, he wants Sully to play a bit, T. He wants Sully to play instead of Parker? Yeah. Either. But preferably Parker, yeah, because there's a Morgan Harper's had a great year. He didn't he didn't play well last game, but he's had a good year. He has the reason he didn't play well he, last game defensively is we had Cherry Evans shooting constantly. You wait for it. What? <laughs> so Cherry Evans uh, runs in front to do an unders ball, so Harper yeah, looks see, up at the defense go. and drops it. Yeah. No, um, yeah. there's a great piece this week's because this could be like every game will be from now on Josh Morris's last game, the end of the Morris. <laughs> Um, oh yeah and all that sort of stuff and I believe there's they used a quote about from Brad Fittler and um, no 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 it wasn't Brad Fittler it was a quote actually by his brother who said every time Brett, Brett said every time he goes into a camp people would come up to him and say you know we don't even bother setting attacking raids down your brother's side because he shuts it down anyway wow. so they just plan 
they literally said that teams just plan their attack on the other side of the field because Josh Morris doesn't just shut you down in one defensive pattern. He's got a bunch of different ways to do it. And the understanding yeah, wow. he has of the winger and the half, uh, yep. players would just come say, yeah, we don't even bother attacking your side because it's, it's just... And so no underrated. And someone who reads that well probably communicates that well. So it wouldn't matter if they changed the half or the winger, no. he'd be able to, to get that side. Whereas if you look on the other side, um, you know, that's a very inexperienced pairing there. Ikevalu, I mean, he still could be a good player. I don't think he's he's not there yet. If he's playing in another team other than the Roosters, you know, I don't know yeah, how well he's going. But yeah. Um, and Adam's doing an incredible job of kicking, which I think helps. But the yeah, I, I maybe I maybe I was so hard on them because there was so much happening down that edge. I just assumed that they were playing badly, but maybe it's now I'm realizing it's because hundred percent of the attack went down there. So they just looked worse just due to probability. Oh, um, I, and I think I, with, with the defensive pairing like this with Morris, if you're not going to attack that side, then whoever the other center is for Manly. And it's been like this for the entire season, neither Harper nor Parker can create something out of nothing. And that's the issue I have. That's the main issue. I'd, okay. Defensively, they've both got it over Sully, um, albeit they neither of them have been great the last three weeks. But Sully's played in two games over the last five and he just demolishes people. when he, when he he And he can run over Adam Kieran or run through and you can't just one-on-one tackling like you can the other two because the other two aren't big boys. And he was huge when he was the 18th man that game where you guys had a thousand yes. people and he came on, he was massive. Yeah, yeah, that was against Parramatta. I was at that one live. It was yeah. He came on and you noticed him more than than half the players. And that was in a 56 to 10 score line. I get he's Is, not there it, next year, but I want to win the comp this year. Um, so <laughs> play the best players. What about is Morgan Harper? I, I may not have been paying close enough attention, but I thought Morgan Harper and Jason Sub were on the same side. They are on the uh, right. Yeah, they yeah, are. So why is it is this numbering weird or is he now next to Ruben Garrick for this next game? No, that's just the numbering doesn't matter. Line it up. Okay. I have no idea why, but the number no numbering honestly, it used to matter, it doesn't anymore. Yeah, because because, because out. Garrick's outside Parker generally because um yeah. It's extremely good looking men, they want to put them on the same side. Yeah, yeah, okay. And Parker wouldn't pass it to him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Ruben Garrick's the all time greatest point scorer in manly history now, or something like that. And he did it in a regular season, which is yeah. insane. Most, most, uh, most in history in any club in the regular um, season. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Right, sorry, only, sorry. only person to reach 300 points in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Greatest of all season is still El Masri at 342, I think, something around that mark. And um, we'd need to get further than that for Garrick to get there. He's, yeah, it's the only other change, and I was shitty of it last week, is Sean Kepi being on the bench. I'd much prefer Toff Sipley. Um, for what you get, I reckon Sipley's a harder worker makes less what well, makes no dumb decisions to give away penalties and is safer with the ball he's just a safer player and he's going to get the same yardage and has a better motor i think than kepi kepi just got him for size uh i don't get the fascination with kepi i think he's too young to be put in this position because he played 16 minutes what was it we said no 26 minutes last week for one hit up for six meters or something and 14 tackles with a couple of missed and he was puffing i'm like get off the field. <laughs> 
Yeah. Also, Adam, Adam had a go at him while he's wearing a manly jersey. <laughs> it's, it's not his fault for getting picked, but once you get picked, you better do a better effort than that. Like, there was a trend, uh, I think, in the 80s or maybe even the 90s, 70s or 80s, in the NBA where it was angry white guys were really attractive. Even if you weren't particularly good, you were picked by just being an angry white guy. And Sean Kepi seems to be in that mold. And I'm be really, being really unfair to him. But I also just feel like every time he's out there, I just imagine a handling error. And again, I might yes. be being 100%. really unfair to him, but nah. that's what I think of him when I look at his face there. So whereas, Same with, um, what's his name? Jack Everington at the Bulldogs. Yeah. Fight or yeah. handling error. <laughs> yeah. yeah and so he might just have that a, a bit of that around him for Des. i don't know or maybe Des is, is looking at the future you know but that's not as adam said you're trying to win now you're not trying to win next year so yeah and he's know. from Parramatta, so that, that, that could be a reason <laughs> okay okay t who are you picking we haven't talked about the roosters yet come on oh sorry yeah, you're right, you're right. we're not totally biased jared jesus <laughs> um i've said it before yeah. i hate the roosters but i've got more respect for them than any other club this year um, Manly's yeah. had some bad injury troubles the last few years. Uh, Dragons have had some bad injury troubles. Warriors have had a whole bunch of stuff thrown at them. But the the injury and suspension and uh, officiating and no. what, what else am I missing that has gone on at this club this year? Um, I, I can't believe they are still in the comp. And Last week, the gritty victory that they pulled out and then the couple of 40-point scorelines they put on in the last few weeks of the season, when you're looking at this back seven and knowing that two, three of them would be in their starting back seven if everyone was fit, yeah, ridiculous. And in the forward pack, you'd have one... On a forward pack's kind of back, isn't it? Yeah, so even in that starting 13, you'd probably only have six to seven of them there. And I'm still worried about them, and they're versing my team. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think I think if they get knocked out this weekend, um, everyone's just going to cheer them off the field just because of the effort they actually put in, and the fact that we're going to lose one of the, another one of the Morris twins, which is just mm. sad for everybody involved. Um, you say another but, one of the Morris twins? How many twins are there? Two. So we lose yeah, another no. one. Another one. okay, and it's yeah, one retired. It sound like remember. there was like six or seven of them. <laughs> I, I, the way that they play, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, um, true. but yeah, <laughs> no. They, <laughs> so yeah, they, they've got they got a. It's actually really interesting because this team they probably should have dominated Gold Coast um, last week just because Gold Coast sucked. But no, they should have dominated because you you picked them to belt them. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I really don't rate Gold Coast, but it's actually interesting because they got by that game the skin of their teeth um, by a by a really smart coaching decision to bring Walker on to ice the game where probably not many other people probably would have. But um, you know, essentially that's luck. He brought him on as a risk for seven minutes to go, whatever it was, and got him over the line. He, he, yeah. he, will he get lucky two weeks in a row to do that? And will Roosters be in a position with 10 minutes to go up against a manly team who probably disappointed 90% of the rugby league community, the other 10% hate manly last week um, in the fact that they played like shit and Melbourne just dominated them all over the park. 
Unfortunately, so, we're not as hated as we used to be. I'm being serious. Because you used to buy the comp, now you can't afford it. Yeah. So, um, what? It's just an interesting comparison where Melbourne were probably going to be, should have been comfortable winners where they shouldn't, have, where they didn't comfortably win their one by skin of the teeth versus a team who really underperformed last week. So, despite Roosters win, what I'm saying is I think they underperformed last week. So, it'll be interesting what Trent Robinson, Des Hasler get out of these players this weekend. Um, I'm going to pick Manly. I think this fairy tale run by the Roosters um, will be over this weekend, though. So which is disappointing for me because I've been really enjoying watching them play this year. Um, I would agree that Manly, um, Manly have become less hated. I think it's because they were terrible for three years in a row and then everyone felt bad for them. <laughs> uh, I mean, we beat them a bunch of times and that was, you know, that's a pretty low point. So, uh, and so I'm enjoying them. We're also playing a great brand of football at the moment. So yeah, except for, except for Dylan Walker, who, who I don't think should be playing football. The, um, you know they're a great team, and so I, I don't hate Ben Marshke. I, I You know it's it's a sad time that he has to be there because obviously their um, captain should, shouldn't have had to have retired, and um, uh, for there's at least a, a hall of famers probably, and and they've all been taken out halfway or at the beginning of the season. So it's going to be hard for them, but because I can never remember anyone's name, there was a coach an American coach who, when um, scouting people or having people scouted, he'd often ask them, is that guy lucky? And, and they would say, what do you mean? He was like, well, <clears throat> does a guy often get lucky? When he plays, does, does, luck, does luck follow him? And and that weird way of thinking, um, it may have been Belichick. Um, that made that like coach him. quite successful. Yeah. yeah. And so thinking about this team, Tedesco is that, and Josh is that. They are lucky players. Luck finds them. Josh, I mean, there's James has run into a thousand. Yeah, James, yeah. Josh has run into a huge amount of injuries, which is a real shame, but he also is the kind of player who finds himself on, on the right-hand side of the field when there's an overlap, and he's somehow the winger, and then mm. he takes that incredible right-foot step when three Titans players have overrun him, and they all run out dead, but he was able to put himself in, out of position, but in the right position, mm. Um and so that's the kind of thing that he and Tedesco, now that Tedesco never gets injured, he's a lucky player. So <laughs> that kind of thing can happen for him. Unfortunately, though, Victor Radley is the opposite of that. And probably Jared Rio Hargraves and Drew Hutchinson are not lucky players. So no. I don't see, other than Tom Dravojevic, I don't see many of the uh, that kind of luck quality leaking onto the manly side. I would, not looking too much at the next game, but I mean, the Roosters would probably be less of an upset than Para. They've, they've got a better chance than Para winning their game. Yeah. But... I'll probably, if I had to put money on this, I would, I would put it on, on Manly. I really don't hate their backline as much as you do. I think maybe I'm just very attracted to Ruben Garrick's jawline and Brad Parker's beard, but oh, I don't think Ru- there are anyone. Ruben, Ruben, I love um, because it's it, he's the first player that my my son remembered. My son's five, and we got to go watch uh, Manly play for the first time down at Redcliffe uh, when they versed Bulldogs in the second last week. And we actually caught the ball from Ruben Garrick's conversion. And then at his first, yeah, it was great. At his first memory, well, the first thing he ever said about football was, who's that? And I said, it's Ruben Garrick. So every time we watch football on TV, he'd say, go Ruben, even if Manly wasn't playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love Ruben and, um, and Saab. But now, the same thing with Parker and, and, and Harper. They're not bullocking wingers like... Um, a Norfolk Luma who can, well, sorry, Norfolk Luma is more like a, a stepping agile 
but he, he can cut inside people and create his own yeah. stuff. Yeah. These two yeah. are fantastic in space and they're fantastic up in the air and under the high ball, but they're not going to run the ball back hard. They're not going to step inside and run over people. And that's why Trebojevic is so important in this back line because he creates the space that these guys need. Um, now, do, I don't want to get off your son's story too fast. Did you have to give that ball back? Yes. That's one of the yeah, things that, league, it's, it? it's one of the things yeah. that I've said for a long time that the NRL should it costs them what two two bucks for a ball. If it gets kicked in the crowd, that person should get to keep it. It's that easy. 100%. They do it for baseball, they do it for ice hockey, they do it. Yeah. I'm assuming they do it for the NFL. They do yeah. it in yeah. Australian baseball for fuck's sake. Like if Australian yeah, baseball can afford to lose balls, then surely and the yeah, NRL just okay. puts they've they've got Schmick on the ball. You just put a sponsor on all four yeah. panels and of and it pays itself. Essentially, you're yeah. giving free advertising to every kid that runs. You know, it's just crazy. And as if when Jonathan Thurston kicks that drop goal to win that grand final, there's no fucking way a Cowboys person gave that ball back. And if they <laughs> did they would regret that for the rest of their life. And there's no way that they should have. I just think it's an insane, um, I think it, it looks petty sense. and small. It, yeah. It's, it's really silly. And, and I can't wait to get rid of it. We, we, ma- we maintain on this podcast that Australian sport, you know, you know, like rugby, the mainstream sports or the bigger sports really don't like their fans. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you go to, you, well, you go to a game and there's no like, Compare that to American college football, um, how much fun they have, music playing, you know, compare that to baseball where it's actually fun to go to. You know, you know they actually put on things, put on the mascots and there's, you know, the cheese heads in Philadelphia and uh, all that. When you hit a home run, when you hit a home run in Houston, there's a real life steam train that has three carriages full of oranges that goes yes. choo-chooed and then goes around the state. Yeah, like there's, stuff that's like insane. that. That's insane. That's insane. We go in, go into a rugby league game. We have shit mid-strength beer in a plastic cup. We have fourteen dollars hot dogs, and we expect them to sit down and just go, "Hey, the footy's on!" Yay! Yeah. It really annoys me. Um, Please give me the ball back. The, the yeah. poor twelve-year-old in front of you is asking nicely you to give the ball back. It's just nuts. Yeah, I, it just. It, I've had it so much fun at Sunshine Coast Stadium, stand up in the hill, drinking full strength, Larry's, and then having to go to Suncourt for the grand final and it's going to feel like a chore, apart from the fact that it's it, a grand final. It's um, the same as cricket but, because we used to go to the cricket and we used to go to the Mornington Brewery before the cricket and then we had to go drink 4X mid. Yeah, it was at the not cap. cool. Uh, Ben's going to crucify you for saying the wrong brewery. But anyway. Um, Sorry, Ben. Where I think this game is going to be one outside of Trebojevic is two of the players that have been so big for Manly this year that have been really quiet the last three, four weeks, which have been... Olicato and Schuster. Schuster was horrible mm. last week. He yeah, was like yeah. a deer in headlights. And I expect, well, I didn't expect that, but I'm not surprised. He's, he's still young. He's got so much talent. And I said last week, he just needs to get the ball under his wing and just run hard for the first half and then bring your skills out the second half. Um, he didn't do either. I think he had four hit-ups for 20-something metres. And Olakatu, he's a weapon close to the line. I think both these boys just need to run hard near the line, demand the ball from Cherry and Foran on either side and run over. I'm not sorry, I'm not going to run over Crichton and Tupanua, but run through them because between the two of them, while they're very good second rowers, Crichton's missed uh, five tackles last week, seven tackles the week before, and Tupanua missed six last week. And... I, I want to take advantage of that because they're usually slightly better than that, but they aren't the best 
defenders close to their line if you can get on their edge um, away from their chest. So I want to see my youngsters run at those two and to try and negate some of their attacking running as well because they're both attacking uh, second rowers, I believe, in Torfinor and Crichton. Uh, so Josh Schuster, I recently did a, a podcast with two other blokes where we just looked at four uh, rookies for this year. It's actually been an incredible rookie class with Reese mm-hmm. Walsh, Dane Laurie, uh, Josh Schuster and Chris, uh, sorry, the and Walker and so Sam Walker. And so I went into that thing, it's probably going to be we, we had a debate about it, and I was thinking it's probably going to be Walker or um, maybe, but by the end of it, I was almost convinced on Josh Schuster because he's been so incredible in that position. Um, not 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 revolutionizing that position, but certainly taking. That, that left side of Manly to an absolute like super dangerous level where he's yeah. not just a ball, a line running tackling guy. He's, he's a real weapon. And, and I um, realized that during the year I was playing a game with my three-year-old son where I would walk out of the room and pretend I was going shopping or something and then throw the football back into the room through the doorway without looking. And I would say Schuster while doing that no look <laughs> pass. And I realized that if, if I'm not doing that, he's really permeated into the uh, rugby league culture. And so, He's a great weapon. But the other great thing about Manly is I had an opportunity to commentate a bunch of games on New South Wales Rugby League TV for their um, Harold Matz and SG Ball. And you've got, I know Manasseh, Manasseh, fine. Yeah. 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 He, His um, brother. You've got two brothers coming up. There's yeah. a big Fainu and a fast Fainu, and they are insane. There's a halfback yeah. and a prop, and they're both. All I did for those two games was talk about how amazing they both were. Uh, I think one of them, they ended up winning the grand final. I think they were undefeated yes. the entire time. Um, you had a, the, the captain was the was the um, center who was also oh, Koala. No, 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 no. Maybe I'm thinking about a different. There was I don't know, but the uh, the it was great. Your juniors look incredible, particularly those Fainu brothers. And so, if you've got all of these young blokes who are doing an incredible job now, it makes me even more excited so, for what's going to happen for you in the future. Yeah. So what you're saying is, in about five years' time, it's going to be Trevojevic half the team and Fainu the other half. <laughs> exactly right yeah like that. love it yeah. we love a good brothers pairing Just, i was thinking yeah, the other day because um it, it's a manly poll that comes up all the time would you take the stewards or the trebojeviches and um i never answer because i love both of them but i was thinking <laughs> like how different they are as pairs of players like trebojevich yeah. are the nicest same position yeah, well, yeah same positions so nicest most wow. down-to-earth friendly haven't got any mongrel in their body. Mm. Like Jake loves tackling, mm. but he's not a mongrel. And you compare no. that to Stuart and Stuart, like Glenn Stewart would be in there with the fisticuffs, but his ball playing <laughs> um, was so soft and more creative than Jake's is. And then you had Stuart out the back, who was just flash, acceleration and speed. But they just had this mongrel, this grit about them, this fight. Yeah, like, yeah. You said this about us, we're going to bring it to you. Whereas these, the two Dubovitches are like, Oh, he might have said that. That's that's not kind of good, but I'm not going to say yeah. anything like that as well. And you're like, they're, they're just so different. Yeah. Um, but, but at the moment, though, the Stewart brothers have won your premierships. And the oh, yeah, the Stewart brothers are the ones so. you take now. Definitely. I haven't done it. Yeah. So we'll yeah. go. We'll we'll go. I think we're all going no, no. Manly, despite um, the Roosters flogging Manly back in round one. The only time they burst this year, 46 to four to start. Manly Stephen, yeah, but it'd be the interesting to see what history. the teams are like. 
Well, also, you guys are coming off a really tough uh, preseason game against the Tigers where we pantsed you. So it would have been really, we were celebrating mm. so hard off that. You might not remember it, but obviously your team was when they were playing the Roosters. So I'll, I'll take credit for that win too. Thanks. <laughs> did you win the grand final in that trial game? <laughs> no, we did. Well, they... We won the last the last game of the, the preseason. So it must be the grand final. They peaked. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Three, three tips for Manly. Let's move on to the Battle of the West minus one of the. West teams. Um, the last two left standing, Penrith versus Parramatta. So for Fuck Penrith, Parramatta get flogged. Uh, Penrith <laughs> have, it says a whole bunch of ins, but I'm assuming the majority of them are going to be in the reserves and they are. Um, Dylan Edwards is back in at fullback, which shifts Crichton to the wing. Um, Momoroski and Burton stay in the centres. Um, looking at the forward pack, Kickow's back in the starting. Um, position, but he'll probably start off the bench again, as has been occurring the last few weeks. Uh, Tavita Pangai on the bench with Martin Sorensen and Mitch Kenny. All right, for the Para Eels, does not look like any changes there, no, because both the people uh, who are looking at judiciary end up both getting fines, and they've got the same one to seventeen. Madison. Ryan Madison. No, sorry, Madison. He's on, the, he's on bench. the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he wasn't in it all last there. week. Mm, mm. Ryan, um, Papalihi, and Will Smith. My my dream for this is that <laughs> Pembroke win this off a drop ball. That's not a drop ball. Uh, That's my dream. Are you referring to uh, Clint Gutherson last week who said he was not thinking about doing that on purpose? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, no, this one. Pembroke, I think they got a bit of a reality check last week in the fact that this is how you play finals football. And it's going to be a massive test for Ivan Clear to go, you know what? You lot, listen, I learned a lesson from Wayne Bennett. You guys need to learn a lesson from <laughs> South Sydney um, and go out there and actually don't expect it to all happen for you. Like that first try they scored with Nathan Cleary put that amazing grubber for Oh, my God. Which was insane. Um, they that that's how they played all year, just elite um, skill. And I don't think that's what's going to get them over the line in the in the bigger games. They've got to you know get down. To but they've also had gritty. the so, best defense this year and the fourth best in NRL history. So they know how to keep yeah, teams. Yeah, out. no, they, they they can. But that as Rabbit showed them last week, that's how you play finals football. Pembroke weren't ready for what Rabbits produced last week. So it's going to come down to a big, big game from them um, for Para. <sighs> Look, I hate them, but, you know, they're still here and they still have that potential for what they did throughout this entire season. So, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely up there. You know, it's disappointing towards the end of the year to start a tapering off like they have for the last 5, 10, 15, since 2001. Um, that... They started tapering off, but they do have the potential in their squad to make a few waves in this game. If they knock out Pembroke, um, that'd be massive considering where Pembroke have been last 18 months. So, yeah, so, it yeah. should be an amazingly skilled attacking game in this one. It'd be really cool, but I'm picking Pembroke. The reward for winning this game is yet to versus Melbourne. So... <laughs> I did hear, actually, that reminds me, um, Adam, that a Manly fan tweeted the other day that the good thing about losing the other day was that you had to beat Melbourne twice, but now you only have to beat them once yeah. to win the grand final, which is great. 
Anyway, the uh, Love it. I interrupted you though. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I, I was. I'm looking at these teams going. The, the Manly Roosters game feels like it, it's going to be that whichever team wins is going to do a full 80 minute performance. I think in this game, there's just a feeling about it that this is going to be a game of moments where mm. it's going to be a drop ball. Like, uh, like the, the Manly-Melbourne game last week where we talked about it, uh, Manly done a big kick, a huge defensive set, make one mistake. Melbourne kick a 40-20, go up the other end and score. That one yeah. drop ball by Manly after a good defensive set, that moment cost them six points when they were in attack. I, I feel like this is a game where almost nothing's going to go on or it's going to be end-to-end and then there's just going to be a moment here or there, maybe three in the game that's just going to spark one of the teams into something. And I think that's kind of what happened in Newcastle last week, that, that five-minute period mm. before halftime. I feel like this yeah. game is going to be like that. And, and also on para, um, their right-hand right side, um, no, their left-hand yeah, side with Blake Ferguson. If Newcastle can expose that as easy as they did last year, because Inari Suala scored three tries on that edge. Mm. Um, what is uh, one of the best attacking teams in the last 20 years going to be able to do to it? Mm. Yeah. I would, I think if Reed Marnie is here, it's a $2 turnaround. I think they're paying, yeah. Penrith are paying $1.20 and Hills are probably paying two twenty five, which is a real shame. Uh, we could have said that. I mean, we did say it about the Roosters. So it's a real shame. I don't know the full thing there, but Reed Marnie particularly has had such a great year. He's such a great kid. Another kid who does heaps of stuff for homeless people, which I learned through um, mm-hmm. Footy Smiles. The, um, I, though, this is going to sound weird. I think the other game's close and Manly win. I think this game is a blowout one way or the other. I, I mm. can weirdly see Penrith capitulating. They, they tripped last yeah. year in the grand final. Mm. I can see them tripping. They tripped last week. And if man, if, if Eels come out and play the grand final this weekend, I don't, I'm not tipping it to happen. I wouldn't put money on it. But I, I wouldn't finish that game going, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. Where I think I'd be... Yeah, I, I just because I could imagine that the that Mitch Moses has you know an, a grand final game and and Gutherson has an incredible game. They played terribly last year against South um, in this in that game, uh, the in not this game but the game that they had to play against us and they got beaten. The um, and then they they didn't play well enough last week, but they played well enough to win. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they have a here's our grand final amazing game. And they play it in it. Then they get pumped. They, they play Melbourne next week and get thrashed. Get pumped, yeah. Um, just in the same way that Canberra got kind of thrashed by Melbourne last year. I I can I could see that happening. Um, whereas maybe if the Roosters upset uh, Manly, they could still go on and upset other teams. I don't think they have to play their grand final to to, to win. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, Eels if Eels play out of the skin, Nathan Brown has an absolute incredible game. Paulo has an incredible game. Regan Campbell-Gillard remembers he that he's actually well a state of week. origin. Yeah, but if he just keeps that up, there's Mitchell Moses can can be electric. Dan, Dylan Brown, the first half of the year, was incredible. Blake Ferguson used to be a rep player. Um, Wonga Blake used to put on shots that would, you know, get highlight reels for days. So it's it's not impossible. Um, I, I definitely can't see him winning the grand final, but, I def, but there is a chance that they win this. Um, do Penrith actually come out and do what Melbourne would do, which is just play to their potential and, and kick to the corners and play really well? Yeah, probably. With Nathan Cleary didn't have an amazing game, but he could easily do that and just drown Eels. Is that a representation of Parramatta's ability or 
where Pem- Pembroke are right now, they wouldn't be surprised if they got run- r- ripped apart. It's actually got a more to do with nothing about either of these teams. It actually has more mm. to do with rugby league in nineteen in 2019, 18, 17, 16 was a way bigger coin flip than it was in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, okay. With with a bit of PVLness, it, it, there's been more blowouts. And so it's been a lot easier in tipping competitions. If you tip the oh. favourites, you pretty much would win every week. So whereas that wasn't a thing before, you actually had to know what you were doing. So I think we find this final series has lost a lot of its PVL six again-ness. Yeah. Um, and so there's a chance. I think there's just more chance now than there probably was in the in the regular season. So I'm maybe I'm just mildly excited by that and hoping that this is a a bit of a coin flip game where we go back to them actually being contests rather than just foregone conclusions. I love it how you said Nathan Brown just needs one good game. He's been saving it up for 24 weeks now, so he'll, um, <laughs> yeah. it has to happen at some point. Um, used to play really well for the Tigers. Used to. One thing I was going to bring yeah. up this this game is hugely interesting to me because you look at the other teams that are still in, Manly, Melbourne, Roosters, Rabbits. The difference those four have had to these two is they've won in the finals in the last few years. Melbourne's won their premierships. Sydney's won premierships. Manly's won two. Rabbits have won one. Yet if you look at the last two, three years worth of commentary, Parramatta and Penrith have featured as much as anyone else, but neither of them have won. Yeah. Yeah. Now... You've got them matching off against each other. One of them's finally going to get, well, not finally, but one of them's going to get closer again to winning something. But one of these teams is going to finish their season going, we've had a hell of a lot of stuff talked about us. We haven't done anything. Mm, um, particularly Penrith. If they fall short twice like this, this is definitely a premiership window for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably more pressure on them. Yeah. If they go out in straight sets, this wasn't a great year. No one remembers their huge amount of wins in a row that then was eclipsed by Melbourne anyway, but no one yeah. cares because you were, you were just a team that couldn't get it done two years in a row where you had great runs and couldn't do it in the pressure time. And then That's that talks it. a lot about Nathan who's playing great for state of origin. Um, but if he, if he capitulates in two final systems, that's going to be a very different narrative where everyone's talking about he's the next Joey, you mm-hmm. know, Joey wouldn't have Joey, you know, dragged that 2001 team kicking and screaming to a grand final. So Nathan can't even do that with a good team at the moment. Hopefully he does. So Nathan's a great, he seems like a great player and mm. I wish him all the success. It's just going to be a really different narrative if he does lose this one. I'm going to go Penrith just based on the fact that they have been more consistent over the season. But I think whichever yeah. team gets out front early um, is going to win this one because the other team's going to feel the pressure and fall away. So we're going to finish that one now. Then pretty boring answers all the way through, three for Manly, three for Penrith, and uh, we'll be back to wrap up the show. <laughs> all right, so I hope you guys really enjoyed uh, having Big T on the show. We certainly have. I don't think we've laughed this much in ages. That hasn't <laughs> been at Jared's expense. So that's a, it's been a great change. And <laughs> or Newcastle's expense, but righto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was, actually, I think it's 50-50 between you and Newcastle. And, hey, you can go with me this week if... Um, if the Roosters win the Battle of the Birds. Uh, Big T, uh, Premiership prediction. Who's going to win it all this year? Um, yeah, look, it's, uh, I think, uh, as I said before, the Eels having their own, playing their grand final against Penrith, no one beats Melbourne. And so it'll end up being Souths, I think Souths Melbourne. And Benji Marshall will go grand finals in 05, grand finals in 2021. I am the Jesus. number one ticket. Number one ticket holder for Benji Marshall is legitimately an immortal. And so that'll really help my uh, 
my campaigning when he wins another ring. So uh, <laughs> South to win a crazy, a crazy game against Melbourne. Uh, but I think the the best game of the final series, if it wasn't the Titans Roosters, will be Manly Roosters. I think that's going to be ex- yeah an exceptional game to watch. So, hopefully, tell you what, how big would that be for Bennett? If they, he wins another he flag, that's massive. Yeah, because but, everyone talks about how many he's won, but everyone also talks about how recently they haven't been. So it's going to be massive for his, um, for his also his ethos or whatever. Yeah. Well, my my middle brother's got uh, picked a South Melbourne Grand Final at the start of the year. I had a Roosters, Rabbits. Hey, that can actually still happen. Um, so no. No, I, I can't. No. I, can't. <laughs> I had Roosters winning with Joseph Sawali getting Clive Churchill. Yeah, you did. We all, we all, uh, yeah. Also had the Broncos in the top eight. So fuck, what do I know? Yeah, I was laughing at that from the start of the season. So I, I feel. <laughs> um. So we've we've looked at Footy Smiles. We've looked at Chasing Roos. Anything else you want to plug, Big T, before we uh say goodbye? Yeah, I have uh, I have Sports Best Friends, a little podcast that could that, that comes out uh, weekly. And um, I also have Big T's Tees, which is a little T-shirt business that I have, which also tries to finally make a small amount of money off um, the podcast world. Um, and that might be it. Love it. So pretty call. much our show bio and me to fit it in a Twitter post is going to be... Just tagging everything of yours and nothing about the, uh, <laughs> the podcast title, the show title. I love it. Uh, we'll go with that. Big T's busy. There's, there's Big your title. Big T's oh, busy. I like that. That's a good title there. <laughs> and I, I said to Big T, I'd throw a, a question at him unprepared. And he did let me know through the week to let him know what we talk about because he likes being prepared. And you can see with everything he's involved in. This is an easy question, though. Real easy. We did a jersey show before the season. Best jersey of the season, home or away? Um, you can pick any team in the NRL. Who, which one's been the best jersey? There's only one answer. Uh, I really like your Pepsi one. Oh, no, no. Oh, I mean, like this season, this season. Oh, this season. Because because I just love the image of, of um, Cliffy Lyons holding up that trophy with the big Pepsi oh, I hat. Anyway, I love it. Um, best, the best one this season. I think we no. had a really great Indigenous one. That would probably be the one that jumps to mind for me, Ooh. seeing Don Laurie in our Indigenous jersey. Well, I'm going to bring it up right now because Zero Tackle um, I found to be the best because they, for these, um, they've got an entire segment, or an entire part of their page just for NRL jerseys. Jerseys. Oh, so sick. I'll, I'll bring, uh, I'm just scrolling down our Tigers here. In, in, the in fact, oh, our, the, the Indigenous Wait. jersey, um, the Indigenous Jersey class across the board was actually excellent. Yeah. About six yeah. of them were really, really I good. I remember Manly's one was great. It's really nice. I just saw their that. indigenous I hate one. Saying that, yeah, yeah, there, there were heaps uh, of really, West really great Tiger. ones. Melbourne's was excellent as well. Um, actually, yeah, that's the pretty nice sick. One. And, and they've got Dane Laurie as the picture. So that's actually that's a really yeah. cool jersey. Yeah, that was there's great. A, I love that one. New ones up here um, from last we've been on here because we did a ranking at the start of the season, but they were still all releasing their jerseys. Big camera yeah, lost. I'll give you a, oh yeah, I'll give you a credit point for that one. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yes, one point. It's taken me taken me four lots of 40-minute Zoom sessions when I finally copped one <laughs> point. I just had to stick into to keeping the grind. That's it. There we go. Yeah, it's been a bit of a fun <laughs> with, um, we're too cheap. There's, a, there's no money in the podcasting world. We can't afford pro. 
But nobody, nobody pays for Zoom, dude. Nobody pays for Zoom. The, no. the what you're doing with this is is classic. And and um, through chasing kangaroos, we did. I'm going to use the next 40 minutes. Through chasing kangaroos, <laughs> I was starting an NRLW series. Um, obviously, it's been postponed because the series was. But I'd already canned about five. I have in the can about five interviews with different ladies. But I was also doing that. I constantly had the clock in my top yes. corner going, oh, they can't see it. But I was just like, okay, well, that's great. Have a great rest of your life. Okay, but oh, I just got it before. Uh, yeah, because the 40 minutes, it, it seems so like a quick. plenty amount of time. But yeah. yeah we, we interviewed so Kyle Flanagan last year. Like, he was awesome for us. His first ever interview. So he's sitting there and it's like, we're just like scrambling to do anything. We haven't improved that much. But, you know, it is what it is. But no, he, he, was he, 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 he was kind of like, what's going on? Like, where, what is this? The whole <laughs> yeah, time. Right. We, we, oh, mate, can you just log back in for us? We can't afford yeah. the pro version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This isn't Fox Sports. Just hit the link ja- again. Ja- James Maloney was all over it. He, he loved it. We, we, yeah, we, right. we had him when he was over in France. He had the no shirt on, the headphones on, and the bottle of wine. Just sitting right next That's to him. Right. And he's killing it. He's doing so well. He's. Yeah. I mean, he's. They've just become. Um, they were just some minor premiers, and he's going to yeah. drag him to so a I grand final. I thought final. you were going to say France with the Untapped because they won their Challenge Cup as well, like the the level down from the Super League yeah. The French team. Yeah, Toulouse. Uh, Toulouse won that. Yeah, too, first time. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it's I'm incredible. On Both of those now because the away. <laughs> Storm's jerseys this year being oh. legit, the away one with the collar. But um, we both voted the Warriors home jersey this year, that blue one with the with the green and the red stripes going back to the oh, old yeah. Stacey Jones. Yeah. That, that was brilliant. Mm. That was the only upside yeah. of Melbourne versus Manly last week was Melbourne's home jersey versus Manly's away. It's the only thing I end up looking at. Anyway, um, we'll wrap that one up there. It's now, yeah, 10 past 10. Uh, that's been, I've had a, I've had heaps of fun. Um, thanks for coming. I've really enjoyed this too. And no, honestly, um, it was a real pleasure. Oh, pleasure's all ours, and we'll be sleeping with one eye open um, after your threat at the start of the start of the show. I promise we'll be on our best behaviour and not release your true identification anytime soon. Jared, anything you. from you? Yeah, mate. Thanks for coming on and putting up with our shit. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we we'll hope to have you on again. Well, I'll try. Next time this, we'll next try time and get a seven repeats for the grand final. What three weeks next time? The uh, next time the 97 grand final repeats, I'd love to come back on and help mediate the conversation with you guys <laughs> leading into the grand final of, of the Knights in Manly. I don't yeah, even, that means you want to be on for uh, next year. Happen no, <laughs> next no, year. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, let's finish the show, shall we? <laughs> what a prediction for next year! Newcastle yeah. Manly grand final. Oh. That's bold. Uh, we'll Tigers, Tigers we'll to make the finals. Guys, um, <laughs> That's even bolder. What's up? What day is the show on? Friday and Saturday. We might, be able to, we might actually be able to record, so I'm on school holidays as yeah. of the end of tomorrow. Sounds good. We'll be back at you after this week, and we'll be down to the last four teams in the NRL Premiership of 2021. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.